Drewski! Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? It's DJ Drewski, and I'm telling you, make sure you go check out my new show, The New Movement Podcast, where I interview the hottest upcoming artists in New York City and around the world. So make sure you go check it out. The first few episodes are out now, and new episodes drop every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We on the heavy. Hey, hey, look. I'm ready. It's Ebro in the morning with Laura Styles and Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, Ebro in the morning, Rosenberg and Laura Styles. We have public advocate Jamani Williams on the program. What's up? There sir? he How is. You doing? Yes, there peace, he is. Peace, 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 and blessings, everybody. Thank you for having me on once again. Are you still public advocate? Yes, I am still public advocate to the chagrin of some, but I think most are okay with that. Um, I mean, listen, if you're you know doing anything in our city, the city of New York. Uh, you ain't gonna make everybody happy. That's not how things work. Nope. That's okay. I am public advocate in the next races uh 2025. So 2025. um you've now been on that job. This is your in your second term now, correct? This technically is my first term. I took over for Tish James. Um ah. so this is technically my first term. I had about a maybe a year and a half, and now I'm in uh in my first term. Um, we're just coming off a big midterm election where, you know, the, uh, on a national level, the GOP was running with, it's going to be this big red wave. And I was to galvanize their base and get them out to vote. Uh, unfortunately it appears that many people were not going for that. Uh, they were voting against the GOP as far as oh, man. women's uh, ability to choose. They were voting against, uh, a lot of the divisive Trump rhetoric in many places around the country, but here in New York State, uh, due to the gerrymandering that was allowed by former Governor Cuomo before Kathy Hochul was on the job, um, it seems that the Republican Party has regained a little bit of power at the state level. Is that correct, Jermani Williams? So uh, the end result is correct. The, the red wave that we saw primarily happened in New York State, uh, and we could talk about why. Uh, I think, you know, the current governor... It has some culpability uh, for the redistricting that happened. I mean, she's not the only one, but she she was the head when when the decisions were made. And so, I do think part of it starts from that um, uh, from that uh, redistricting that I think was handled very poorly. Uh, but wait, stop, talking- stop right, stop right there quickly because it reads in the articles that this started under Cuomo. You're saying that Kathy Hochul could have put a stop to this. I think when the decisions were coming down. Um, she could have weighed in uh, and tried to do something different, and that didn't happen. Uh, but I, I won't say that was only on her. But at that point, as the, you know, the top of the party, that there's a lot more that could have been done. Uh, but again, that part wasn't just her. But there was leadership there that uh, didn't happen. Um, and so now I'm hearing that they want to replace uh, the head of the democratic leadership at the state level and they're trying to oust the guy that's been on the job that kind of created this or didn't stop the creation of this uh state level movement of the gop and they want to get him out his name is jay jacobs and it's you know beyond time that his leadership is is removed he's been there for a long time he has been from under cuomo he stayed now and we've had disastrous results uh there was barely a gubernatorial campaign uh, and people who felt that uh, was down ballot. And so one, we saw uh, a, gu- a gubernatorial campaign that was much closer than it should have been. Now, I will be clear. I want to be 100% clear. I think 
there is sometimes misogyny in people not wanting to vote for women. Um, and so that's a real thing. But even with that, that margin against someone who was a open Trump Republican in a blue state doesn't make any sense. Uh, and that's because there wasn't a good race that was run. And so down ballot, we lost congressional seats. We The Democrats don't have the House primarily because of how many seats were lost in New York City, that is, uh, in New York State, which is usually a, a gift to the Democratic Party. It became an arbitrage around people's neck. And we lost some folks uh, in, this, in the state legislature that we didn't have to. Uh, and part of that is because we ran a very bad campaign that didn't help. And our messaging was terrible. Democrats have had a terrible time trying to address issues like crime, and they paid for it. Um, now, Jamani, you said that uh, the campaign was for, and now you're talking about Hochul and Delgado's campaign. That that they, they ran for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively. Because um, Rosenberg and I were talking probably a week before, and Laura, before a week before voting, and we were talking about how down in New York City it felt like they didn't really care to even be concerned with voters in New York at the New York City level. And when I thought back, I was like, well, maybe that's because often governors feel like they who are people who are running for that office feel like if they pay too much attention to New York City, they lose upstate. Is that truth? New York City is voter rich and it's usually reliably Democrat. Uh, so people I don't, I don't think people ignore New York City. Uh, they try to get uh, you know, votes from New York City, which is what happened in the, in the weeks leading up to it. But what did happen is uh, it happened all across the state. It wasn't just New York City. Uh, if you drove in places outside of the city where you normally see things like lawn signs, uh, you didn't see any. I don't think you talk to anybody that got a piece of mail uh, about uh, the gubernatorial uh, elections. Uh, they just There wasn't really a ground game at all until the last uh, couple of weeks. And that uh, most of that ground game came from people like the Working Families Party, the folks on the quote unquote left that are usually marginalized, came in and, and saved the day, quite frankly, from flipping uh, the state to uh, to a Republican. And so I'm hoping that some of the lessons here are quote unquote progressives, sometimes that's ill-defined or folks on the left, are not the enemy here. As a matter of fact, they're the ones who are able to energize the voters and get people out. And so we should stop spending so much time uh, fighting and pushing back and adopt some of the talking points uh, that actually energize folks and actually be better at talking about crime. You have to be safe and feel safe. And both of those things are real. And we vacillated between saying stuff wasn't happening to adopting talking points that are Republican or Republican light. And right, Republicans right. are better at their own talking points. Right. The reality is, of course, that the truth is somewhere in the middle, that crime is a problem, but it's also not because of the things that people are accusing it because uh, accusing it of being. And also maybe things are not as bad as people are alleging. Do you get frustrated, Jumani, at all with the electorate sort of there's a there's been a lot of misinformation that's allowed a lot of people to sort of say, oh, what's the difference? Democrats, Republicans, the same thing or the Republicans, at least they tell you how it really is. Does that ever get on your last nerve? Well, I will say this, even as a member of the Democratic Party, my own party gets on my nerves. My own party has been part of the problem. <laughs> That's and, right. And, and, it, and it's, just, it's just a real thing. And when it comes to an issue of crime, uh, what no one cares about data if you're a victim of crime. I always say that. I just want to be clear. If you know somebody that has been a victim of crime, a family member, or you have, you don't really care about that. So you have to be able to have a conversation that at once says what you said, which is the reality of where we are. We're not back in the 90s. 
we're about 2010, 2012. No one was saying the city was on fire back in 2010, 2012. We're also still, and no one's going to believe this, one of the safest cities in the country, particularly when it comes to big cities. However, as I said, that means nothing if you just got your head bust open. So you have to be able to have a conversation that says that, but also says, well, what you're feeling, I understand, and it's a real feeling. And I have to be able to address that. And you're not wrong in saying that crime is going, particularly violent crime, had started going in the wrong direction. Here's a plan that I'm going to have to address it. But that's not what we did. We started feeding into people's fears and allowing other people to set a framework uh, that was not true. And then we spent most of the time on the defensive of a false framework. Well, and it usually, for me, points to Democrats being nerdy and soft and are afraid of Republicans. They get bullied by Republicans. They get screamed on by Republicans. They're afraid on social media of making a misstep. And ultimately, they acquiesce to using talking points that can give them some sort of safety net, if you will. So, uh, you know, I think the uh, the bottom line, unfortunately, for most electors is just get reelected by any means, by any cause. That's the, that's the bottom line. Just get elected. It doesn't matter what's happening to the people you're representing or the people in general. And I will say part of the problem I have with the parties, sometimes they want to replace Republican elite with Democrat elite. And both, I think, are problematic in my point of view. Um, what, if we can stop for a second and realize that sometimes emotions allow people to override rational discussion, uh, but we can't ignore people's emotions. <clears throat> the defund movement was a perfect example of the type of things you're talking about. Now, I'm usually associated with it, and I have no problem with that. But you've never heard me, and no one can find a video of me saying defund the police, because I thought at that point it was not the best phrasing. But what I told my Democratic leadership, that our job is not to spend time arguing with people who are in pain in the street, trying to express that pain, how to do that. Our job is to take that pain and respond to it with policies and things that are going to make that pain go away and address the issues they're bringing up. But to the, what you're talking about, people were so afraid, they allowed the Republicans to frame the movement and what was being said in a certain way. And instead of correcting and changing it, they adopted the framework and tried to out-framework the Republicans. And that doesn't make any sense. And so what we have to do is people who have the courage to stand up for the things that they say the party believes in uh, and really lean into it. The Republicans lean into their madness. We lean away from the things that are actually not madness and can make people's lives better. And quite frankly, right now, they are ready for. And we saw that happening in, in places across the country. They're ready for the type of discussions that we're talking about and what makes people safe. People understand that what we have to do around mental health issues and what that means to safety. People are ready for that discussion if we lean into it. Um, now, Jamani, uh, on a local level, what's the real world implications of the midterms at the state level? What is the real world implications? What is going to be slowed down? What is not going to happen the way it maybe should or was going to because now we have new people in those seats? Celebrity host, Ice Spice and A Boogie, Big Daddy K, 
celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C. Mr. C, step swimming. Jadakiss, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Man and Red Man, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stout. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned like that because most people don't come out to local elections. Quite frankly, those are the ones that are going to affect you, generally speaking, the most. I will say that one of the biggest impacts of the nationals uh, is the Supreme Court, and that does have impact on us. And we've seen that with things like reproductive health. And that's scary the way the Supreme Court may go. And losing the House right now is big because the House can uh, stymie a lot of things uh, that, say, uh, the president wants to try to do. And that can be problematic. On a local level, um, we actually still have um, Democratic leadership, which I think is good. But I will say this. You can show me a Democratic city and state anywhere in the country, and this part is true, you'll see a lot of issues that you shouldn't see. And that's because I believe just replacing one elite with another elite is problematic. And so my hope is that the leadership right now will understand uh, that the things that folks like me have been talking about, and I don't say this lightly, I don't know any other Democrat that has been talking about crime, public safety, gun violence, and that's an elected official as long as I have. And I think we've, I've been doing it pretty effectively. Uh, and we have to adopt some of those talking points because what makes a community safe uh, are the things that people are ready to hear. People being housed, people having better jobs, people having access to, to mental health care. Those things, if you don't have them, are not an excuse and shouldn't be treated as such. But people understand that communities that have those things are deemed safer. And communities that simply have police and have higher arrests uh, per capita are not necessarily. But you have to have leaders that are going to feed into that. And so when I ran for governor, I obviously, you know, based on the things that I was dealing with, we didn't cross the finish line. But I said, listen, we should spend a billion dollars on gun violence prevention, youth services, and victim services. People always talk about victims. We couldn't get it. But we did get a billion dollars for a stadium in Buffalo. And so my hope is that um, the leadership will shift the way uh, we're talking about things. And quite frankly, we're going to have some people in key, pa- in key places. Akeem Jeffries from Brooklyn is likely to be uh, the leader in the House in, uh, in just a few months. On the city, state, and federal level, if we actually lean into our policy beliefs and put some money behind it, we can see a lot uh, happen on, on the local level. Um, so what now and, and for the audience too, the reason uh and I'll say it maybe Jumani, you don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Kathy Hochul's husband has something to do with the Buffalo Bills getting a billion dollars for that stadium. People it's feel like it was an inside job. I mean, it's a fact. There's a lot of things wrong with that problem, particularly especially the stadium is not even in Buffalo, it's in the suburbs. You know, I'm but I'm trying to I'm trying to move because the election is over. I've said all those things. Those things are true, um, but they happen anyway. Uh, usually when the Democrats talk about party unity, they mean fall in line. And if you don't fall in line, they try to silence you as much as possible uh, and then come to you to you know help with the voter turnout. But that's another conversation. What I'm hoping now is that we can get some of that election behind us. Some of those things that you're saying, which are valid and are true and are some of the reasons that voters are, are, are being upset uh, and are frustrated with the process, and they should be, 
and hopefully we can move toward actually unifying, meaning not fall in line, but let's get in the room, figure it out, and do the things that we say we believe in. Um, Jumani, here in uh, New York City, how would you grade uh, Eric Adams year one? I don't know if I'm going to uh, uh, grade my brother, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, at the moment. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, in there are some spaces that I really am hoping that the, the Eric Adams that I worked with as ball president uh, shows up a little bit more. Uh, and he does, you know, have a framework around public safety that I think doesn't get picked up as much as some of the things that I disagree with on, uh, like, for instance, bear reform. And so I'm hoping some of those things will, will break through a little more. But even more than that, I'm hoping to see uh, real funding and structural changes behind those things. Uh, and that's important. I think people want to see that as well. Well, I think his safety plan is good. I also think what he's doing for youth in the city is good, right? Uh, I think some of the funding and, and things that he's trying to do to keep youth off the streets and jobs. And I read about a lot. I don't think that stuff gets picked up. Um, so I think there is there. But you not grading him means you're giving him an incomplete. Well, I mean, it's, it's only 11 months into uh, the mayority. And so that is at once it's a a long time and also it's not a long time and i want to make sure uh i we have to give everybody every opportunity to succeed there was just a public safety summit uh that i was able to attend i wish it happened earlier in uh, the tenure and it didn't but it was very productive and i'd love to see what comes out of that and as you mentioned there are some very good things that are happening that aren't getting picked up um i think the more we spend on the things that i disagree with like conversations around bail and discretion uh, and things of that nature it takes us away from actually putting more into the things you described, not just in funding, but in structure. One of the problems we have now is that law enforcement is the default to everything else that we failed at. That's we right. Have to change that. We just have to change it. Police don't want to be responding to mental health calls. Police don't have a solution for homelessness. So the only thing we can do is decouple those responses and build out an infrastructure um, that can actually affect it. Now, that's easier said than done, but we have to have leadership that actually wants to get it, get it done. Well, and, and also we have to be honest, Jumani, we are we are patient with Eric Adams because, A, we knew him before this job, intimately before this job. We see him out in the streets. We see him active. And B, he's black. Uh, you know, I'm not going to shy from any of those things. I, I am always I'm always abundantly clear how difficult it is to be an elected official and not be a white male. And so uh, there is some grace that I think should be provided. But, you know, that at some point is also going to wear out. Oh, it's um, going to run out if you don't, if it's going to run out. I'm just letting you know at 11 months, both you and myself, because look, I get on the radio all the time and I've been like, you know what? Eric Adams hasn't come by the show yet. He don't have nothing to say to, to the constituency I speak to. That's fine. Maybe he doesn't like the results he's seeing, so he wants to come by once he starts getting the results. I'm, <laughs> but, being opti I'm being optimistic because I knew him before the job, and he's a black man. And just like you said, I know that's that's very hard. It's a harder thing to do as a black man and not get his, the scrutiny and people to give you grace. But, but I, all that being said, I'm watching. I hear and you. I'm keeping notes. <laughs> but I'll also say um, that my job as public advocate, and I always say this, and it was the same with the the, the 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 mayor before him, and even as a council member, my job wasn't to be with or against any mayor 
my job was to help move the city forward. And so when I'm agreeing with the mayor, let's move forward. When I'm not, I have to say that. And I have been doing that even in, in the past 11 months. His name is Jumani Williams. Uh, listen, man, respect and blessings, love and light to you and your family. You had a tough thing to deal with uh, just over the last year. Not only uh, did you welcome your first child, uh, but your wife was going through some health issues and it was just all a lot, man. And you were still uh, ready to be present for not only voters, but our city, you know what I'm saying, in general. So I want to salute you and thank you because you give so much of yourself to the city. Uh, and so much of yourself to making sure you're available to have these conversations. I know that's very hard to do and have a family. Man. And I'm guessing, Jumani, this Thanksgiving will uh, will probably hit for you in a different way, huh? Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. And peace and blessing, love and life right back. And for those who knew and were praying for my family, I appreciate you. We were able to use what we went through to talk about black maternal health. That's another discussion. Uh, the, the care that my wife received when she found a black female OBGYN was worlds apart and i would not have even known because i didn't even understand the difference until we found a doctor that was listening to what she wanted um so that was just an amazing journey and we, we've been able to share that and actually get some laws passed to try to see if, if we can change it but uh you know everybody's well as i mentioned my wife's cancer free baby's uh crying upstairs she's a little sick but she's doing fine uh so i just appreciate everybody's prayers and well wishes Yo, that first winter cold hits, man. The snipples, the cough. Yo, it's cold outside. Those babies, that first winter cold, they're getting those germs, getting them that's ready that's for right. prime time. And you put that's them in happen. day day one, day two, they're coming back with something. Too, oh, so back, that, back with yeah. germs and then the whole house sick. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, we're happy for you, Jumani. Thank you, man. Peace. Appreciate y'all. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? It's DJ Drewski, and I'm telling you, make sure you go check out my new show, The New Movement Podcast, where I interview the hottest upcoming artists in New York City and around the world. So make sure you go check it out. The first few episodes are out now, and new episodes drop every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We on the heavy. Hey, hey, look. I'm ready. Mr. C. Mr. C. Step swimming. Jadakiss. EPMD. Eric B. and Rakim. Method Man and Red Man. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stale. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. Fire, fire. 